episode 88. Episode 88, almost to 100. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Minister Sylvia Hall, mom. <laughs> Minister Sylvia Hall, or mom, Eminem, one of those. <laughs> Minister Mom. There we go. It's Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. matters. How you feeling, Mom? Feeling pretty good. Feeling good? Yes. Thank you for coming on short notice. We're supposed to be in part three of Jesus After Dark with Charity Hall. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like trouble, though. (laughs) Jesus After Dark is something else. But our, our paths did not align this week, and God always works it out just when I'm about to do a best of or just talk by myself. Which doesn't get any lessons. I think they listen for like the first five minutes. They're like, that brother by himself. We, we are not listening to that. We are not partaking. But but thank you for, for coming. Housekeeping. Real short. Just realchurchmatters.com is the website. Houses all of the episodes. All of the show notes. A.K.A. sermon notes. Scriptures that are pertained in the, in the uh, podcast. If you use Apple devices, you can always download the podcast app, search Real Church Matters. If you use SoundCloud, you can always just go on soundcloud.com or download the SoundCloud app. Either way, search Real Church Matters. It's easily Googleable. There's not a lot of people uh, promoting Real Church Matters. So I think we cornered the market on Real Church Matters. You just Google that where the first hit link to us like us subscribe follow share on facebook on instagram on twitter tell your friends tell your ma tell your pa from arkansas tell everybody (laughs) and uh i'll appreciate it we've been getting a lot of listens with this jesus after dark stuff so we're talking about a lot of the taboo things in church (laughs) but it's actually really good it's like, I have to listen. You gotta listen, man. You gotta listen. I gotta listen. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I, Charity, I think she won't tell me, but she is hooked. I think she likes this. She keep making it like she. Well, we have to do it again because we didn't cover everything. I'm like, we're gonna end up at part fifty. <laughs> this is part three now. But me and you today, we're gonna talk about love and. Uh, just a reminder as we go into this topic it's always obedience over audience but since we have an audience y'all can watch us be obedient you can listen to us be obedient that being said episode 88 we're going to talk about love and i've been studying it uh for bible study and i was typically just going to keep moving through first john chapter 2 and I even committed to myself. I said, I at least got to get a scripture, <laughs> a scripture covered every Tuesday. Or we are going to actually live revelations before I get to it. It's good when God does it. <laughs> yeah, it's good when God does it. Because I got to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, and it said, Love not the world, nor the things in the world. And I got stuck. That's because the church is stuck. (laughs) Because the church is stuck. 
I got stuck on that word love. And I knew that I had to gain, give an understanding. It just kept pressing on me. You have to show them what love is. And as I was studying, I was studying from the perspective of, I got to show these people how to love. See, it, that's because the cross <laughs> was supposed to show. The sacrifice was supposed to show. But it's just overlooked. Yeah. This is a church matter that is is at the heart of God. Yeah. Because it's all about love. Yeah. For God, it's all about that love. It's all about love. And I had to, the, the revelations God was giving me, I had to throw away everything I knew. Yeah. I came in with all my preconceived notions, all the things I've ever been taught, and people telling me, we don't know how to love. And we don't have the capacity of love. We are not born with the capacity of love. The Holy Spirit has to be inside of us. And he will He will give us the ability to love. It was there all the time. And it was there all the time. Because God made us with the capacity to love. To love Him. Amen. It's just that when, when, when we fell, so did that. Everything was cursed. Yes. Everything. Our abilities were not taken away. They were just cursed. Yes. Your ability to get half children wasn't given during that time. It was just cursed. It was just cursed. Your ability to walk and move and love and give and breathe, all of which was done inherently godly, yeah. was now cursed. And and that word cursed is 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 really something that has to be has to be talked about yeah. because uh, our connotation to that is like when somebody speaks something or it's kind of demonic you know it's like uh somebody's <coughs> cursed someone yeah. or or put a spell on them very superstitious yeah it's very superstitious but that's not the kind of curse God's talking about it changed the original order the original intent for use that's what the curse did. Yeah. It cast it away. Literally, and this is what I think a lot of people miss, it's literally what he calls us to do to anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of him. Yeah. He says, cast it away. Yeah. What did he do? He casted us away. Yes. He casted us and everything associated with us away, away from him. But only for our good. Only for good. Because in order to be with him, you can only flourish or perish. That's it. It's like that fig tree that wasn't bearing no fruit was fine as long yeah. as it stayed away from Jesus. Jesus. I'm pretty sure it tried to grab its roots <laughs> and run away. When, when he saw, seen them coming. When he saw Jesus coming. Because he's like, no, because we can't be in the same place. place together. I ain't got no fruit for him. None. There you go. There you go. It's it's, it's really plain. <laughs> yeah. Because that day, the fruit that man could produce. That he came every day to walk with him. Yes. Did he, he came, came and looked for their fruit. And saw their fruit. <laughs> yes. And saw it was good. Yes. And it admired his workmanship. And then went and saw that man was alone and said, oh, I, I could have drew this better. Mm-hmm. And went and added another paint stroke Added a woman And he said now this is good And then they took what was good And turned it bad And he said I still love my creation enough 
to just remove myself from them. From them. Instead of being having to destroy. Instead of having to destroy them. Because God is his word. Yeah. And he doesn't go against himself. Everything functioned in its order. Yeah. Because he spoke it. But as soon as man stepped out of that order, we see the love of God come into play. Absolutely. That's why it's so awesome. We only hear about love, read about love, books down the line. But we see his love immediately. We see his love immediately in the sense that he knows we are no longer fit to be with him. But instead of removing us, he removes himself. Yep. And did it again. He, we got to think about it. Like There's this garden that's on earth that God inhabits. And then after that, we don't know what happens in, in the garden of Eden. We just know that God no longer inhabits the earth. And the garden is not to be found. He said this place is... It, it, it's, condemned. it's condemned. He didn't just kick us out, but he no longer inhabited... And he didn't give anybody else a chance. The chance to inhabit it. He, he emptied himself from it and, and emptied us from it. you best better believe Satan not inhabiting Eden. No, because no. So that this, is, this shows us the character. And I think that's what we miss, mm-hmm. is that God totally wants to show us himself. And so he allowed all of this to be recorded so that we could see who he is, so that we could know how to function, how to converse, how to exchange, and how to love a God like this. And I think that it's powerful in this this path that we're taking on love, almost the history of love. Yeah. That we have to understand it. God is not just understanding in a greater way, how to love a flawed creation. But he's learning how a flawed creation still loves. Yes. So when he floods us, he gets to the point where he floods and wipes out humanity. He comes back and he says, man, but this fresh batch is still (laughs) flawed. He said, and he relents. He said, it's evil continually. So I relent to destruction. I thought I could start fresh. I relent destruction and I won't do it this way no more. He said they're such a resilient people. This is this is even when they built the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Because he looked down and he said, wait a minute. There is nothing. <laughs> that shall be withheld from this people. When they love. <laughs> when they love. He said they speak in the same communication here. Absolutely. He said, I got to. I got to knock this down. I got, I, because we start seeing that this is God who spoke us into being. Yeah. And because he will not repent of how he made us. He will relent. He will relent, but, but he, he will not repent. repent. And he has made it known that we have the capacity to love. Have it. We, we have the capacity to create. We have it because he looked on them and he said, with unity and love, they have created this thing. And there's nothing they can do. But he said, "Mm -mm, not going to have it. I'm going to garble their speaking Mm -hmm. so that there'll be no, without a conversation, there is nothing. So let's look at that human capacity of love. There's a statement of fact. We know how to love. Yes. Make sure people understand that. 
as you're listening to this podcast, whether it's 20 years from now, this stuff was indelibly soaked into the world wide web. Once it's out, it's out there. So somebody might be listening to this in the future. Yes. But no matter where you're listening to this, in what space of time, understand you know how to love. Yes. And so I think it's beautiful that when I go into the scriptures and I'm looking for the, what's the first time the word love shows up? It's pertaining to Isaac. And <laughs> Isaac is telling his son Esau to bring him the meat that he so loves. Yes, a thing. He said the savory meats. Mm-hmm. And then I understand that. And I'm like, well, so we do have the capacity to love. And here, the first example of love is us loving a thing. Yes. A thing. And that was so powerful to me. And I want to make sure I share with people that, yes, if you want to know and prove that you can love, think of all the things that you love. Yeah. That you savor. That you take pleasure in. You see, a lot of people... um, they delude their own selves yeah. because they say, I don't really love it. I just said that word love, but I really don't love it. But their affection is set on it and they have a desire for it. Because they feel so weird. So they to love them. it. Yeah, it feel weird to them to say, and it's easier for church people to just say, you know what? We say we love pizza, but you don't really love pizza. And yes, that, you do. That little kid is like, mm hmm. Yeah. Because if I could have pizza every day, I would. Mm-hmm. And when you ask me what I want to eat, that's the first thing that comes to mind. mind. That's the thing I have a taste for. That's the thing I have an appetite for. And that appetite or that taste does not rest in my tongue or my tummy. It rests in the belly of my mind. Uh, yeah. I was sitting in the uh, doctor's office and I looked up and on that teleprompter, it said that they have now declared that addiction is actually a disease of the brain because the desire, the part of the brain that desires goes haywire. Yeah. And it is addicted to a thing that's bad for it. And they're saying this is now a sickness. Yeah. This is, and, and I'm sitting up there. I'm like, oh, well, they just introduced it. They didn't put it all up there. I say, oh, when I get home, I got to Google that because that you, you're trying to tell me now that when a person allows their desire to carry them to the highest level, you're now saying it's they're sick. You're saying they're sick, but they're actually just in love. There you go. In love. And it's a love that is not flawed, only flawed in its focus. Perfect example, Jesus goes to fast forward and Jesus says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. He's letting them know love is true. It's pure in its action, in its intention. And it's what pure. It, what it fulfills. And in what it fulfills. But and its power. Yeah. But what it is focused on is where it, the poison comes in. Yes. He says the love of money. money is the root of all evil. Yeah. He said, man, love ain't the root of all evil. No. Nope. The love of a certain thing. And we have to understand that you can replace money with anything that's not God. And you are dancing and living in the root of evil. That's why we have to whittle it all away. You have to whittle everything away and reset. 
because we do have the ability through Christ to reset our affections because he wouldn't have told us to set our affections. Yes. Colossians 3 and 2 says, But it takes some effort. Set your affections, which is love, on the things above. When we say affections, it is a way of saying love thoughts. Yes. Or my meditations. Desires. Exactly. When we mix thoughts with time, that equals love. Love is thought plus time. Our mind and time equals love. Yes. People don't realize that. Yeah. Because they say, like, we get the context of making love. It, let's say it's making love. When you say I'm making a cake, that means that something's happening because we know what goes into a cake. That means that you, I, I know, even wow. not even being in the kitchen with you, wow. I know there's some eggs in there. I know there's some flour. Some and if I walk in your kitchen and you say you're making a cake and I don't see an egg, I'm like, no, you're not. I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. I don't know what you're making. Yeah. But I promise you, it's not a cake. And you might even present it to people as a cake. But when they taste it, they're going to say, this ain't a cake. This is not a cake. And if it is a cake, it's not a good cake. There we have an issue. We are loving. And what we present is truly love. The problem is, is that we have made this for something wrong. Yes. And the thing of it is you can't love God in all these things. You know, I I read the scripture and read it, read it over and over again, where he says to Peter, he said, lovest thou me more than these? Mm. And I'm thinking that he's talking about the other disciples. No, he was talking to Peter about the fish. Yeah. Because he said, Peter, when... During the small span of time that Jesus was gone, Peter went right back to what he knew. Went right back to fish. And to what he desired, to what he loved, to what he had success in. He went right back there. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Lovest thou me more than these? Look at all these doggone fish I let you go and get off the right side. See, God wanted us to understand that Peter had still had that divided love. And some of us still have that divided love. That, and it's not really divided because God's getting none of it. That's, that's another thing where people, you hear people talk about God, and I notice they talk about him in certain environments. Yes. There's a lot of talk these days about God as it pertains to their purpose. Yeah. As it pertains to their gifting. <laughs> as it pertains to their career. As it pertains to their success, it would be like if a woman was with a guy, paid for his whole college, gave him a whole opportunity to have a career, only for him to get successful and dump her. Oh, that's the, you know what? That's that's happened so many times. <laughs> happens all the time, though. You got a lot of people that are listening to this right now. It's a man right now that's texting somebody other than you on a phone that yeah. you pay for. Yep. And then you think that that's not okay, but you think it's okay for you to ask God to give you success only for you to heap it on yourself and others. And others. You expect God to give you money only so you can heap it on yourself and others. And the sad part about it is, who's asking God to give him, give them him? Say, give me more of you. Or avail themselves to him. Or saying, 
Show me what you want. Show me what you want, God. Show me what you desire. It ain't about what I want. And why did you design me the way that you designed me? Why did you take time with me? And what is it that you put in me that you want? Here's the thing. We don't even know what love talk is no more. That's what love talk is. That's what shifts heaven around. When you start talking to God. Love talk. That's love talk. Love talk is not my will, but thy will be done. Yes. Love is going to God for the purpose of his purpose, not yours. Yeah. When you go to God and say, I'm a man of unclean lips, but I'll do whatever you want. Yes, I'll do whatever you want. God, I, I, I want to please you. The way that you, as a woman, there's, so, there's a song that everybody know called Cater to You. And in the song, the woman just lays out my, she lays out how she's going to cater to her man. Mm. There's no way that you see, God can see that and feel like, okay, that's a different type of love. I don't want that love. No, he sees that and says, I'm jealous. Yeah, that's the kind of love that he created for himself. That's the kind of love I want. I want to be catered to. He wanted everything to flow from him. And once you recognize that, once you know that, then you understand the rest of this stuff is fruitless. Is the, the rest of this stuff is going to lead to a painful place, a lonely place. We All of a sudden, we have loved to our fullest capacity, and we're left feeling empty, dried up, barren, without fruit, yeah. unable to move on, never want a relationship anymore because we recognize that it didn't satisfy, but we won't recognize why. We won't recognize because we've allocated that love. To something else. Even when we've turned our hearts and our minds to God, it was in light of what we love about him, not Not loving him. him. We invent a God. Jesus said it. He said, I'm not fooled by your love. You love me enough to follow me everywhere. He said, but you guys are here for the fishes and the the loaves. You, You love things. Yes. And you don't even love the things of you, God. You got to remember now, back then, you you didn't eat unless you went to work. You were going out there to catch your fish. Yeah. Then there was no way to preserve it for a long period of time. So this was not just a, I go to the grocery store every two weeks. Yeah, it wasn't a thing of, I'm, I got to follow Jesus just to get some fish and bread. I could go to the carryout. No, no, it was either my family went fishing and some people went without because they were without, especially the orphans and the widows. widows. They begin to follow Jesus. And he was like, yeah, it's nice that I'm actually being benevolent. Yes. But you guys are missing benevolence and missing love. And we engage with people in benevolence. Yes. Without understanding that's not love. And Jesus demanded love. He called for his disciples to love, not to be just benevolent. Yes. But to love. The here's a perfect example. There's big churches who get gather up money and they give to the community. Yeah. But that is not love. No. That's benevolence. Yes. But then you look at Acts chapter three, and three thousand people sold their property and gave it to the elders to administer throughout the whole body. Not because they were benevolent, but because they were obedient. But that's love. That's love. And love the love of God is not only obedience and and it looks, but it's directed. 
It's intentional. It's and it's not directed at the people. It's that's, intentional. That's the, the thing that creates yes. what is the difference between benevolence and obedience is who are you serving? Yes. People say all the time, like the church is here to serve the community. No, you're not. I I um <laughs> I thank God because that is what was the hook in my jaw, mm. you know, was the love of God. Because I know I had seen false love and I was looking for the real thing. And the hook in my jaw was I started seeing the love of God. And it didn't look like anything I ever saw before. And I said, this is, I don't know, I, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it, but I wanted and desired. Because we can feel when people love things of us. Yeah. But not us. Yes. We can yes. tell the difference. Come on, people. Y'all are listening. You know when someone loves something about you. But don't love but not, don't love the whole of you. Yes. You can tell that. I can you said it today just today. You said love is like this in the way that people do it. They they there's there could be ten toilets. Yeah. All of them fancy, different amenities and everything. He said, but when person might gotta go. Ain't nobody thinking about that. They just going to plop themselves on whatever one yes. is available. Probably the first one. Nobody going to walk 10 toilets down. And do down their business and, and go. And do their business and go. And that's what happens in our engagement with people. We feel love, but we don't feel loved. Yes. We feel used. We feel used. <laughs> You've been loved, but you don't feel loved. No. You've been used because they love you, but they love something about you, not you but even in that even in that transaction i can see the love of god he'll allow nobody to take his place and to be the object of his affection and because of that he's not allowing that affection to to be directed and it turn out right yeah so that takes us <laughs> to the first thing i saw was the love of things yeah and then it took me to Genesis 29 and 30. And then we're talking about Jacob. Yeah. And Jacob had just tricked his father and manipulated the situation. He ran away. And he ran away and went to his uncle Laban's house. And at his uncle Laban's house, he told him he could stay there. He, his eyes looked upon his cousin Rachel. Mm -hmm. he, she was the youngest of Laban's two daughters. He fell in love with her. Love at first sight. People say they believe in it. I believe in it too. Mm -hmm. I believe that you can love something according to sight. Yes. That's not, that's not fantastical. Mm -hmm. It's not Disney. It's not fairy tale. It's not romantic. It's reality. Mm -hmm. You can love things by sight. Well, that's basically the, <laughs> the essence of most love that is experienced by human beings. Yes. Unless God is in it. Because you, this, and this, this goes to a reality that people don't understand. The love is the same, but what is it by? It's love by sight or love by faith? It's by sight. Because you have to walk by faith and not sight. Walk takes the place of any walk of life. Yeah. Any ex exercise of life, of yeah. living. 
Any way that, as Paul said, and he was quoting a poet, any way that you live, move, and have your being, being. anything that you do in the, in the span of that is considered your walk. Yes. And he says, all of those things should be done by faith. Yes. So when we love, it has to be by faith or the love isn't wrong, but the love of that thing produces a root well, of evil. It's even, I mean, the thing that we would think. The connection when when a child is part of you, yeah. when a person is part of you, it came out of you. The seed came out of the man. Yeah. And they can look at their own child that they were allowed. And love it. Yeah. It, they were allowed to partake in this, this awesome creation, you know, not saying that they created because they didn't, because God still had to breathe breath. But they were partakers in the creation. And because it resembles them, yes, and it came from them, there is a love for that thing. For it, absolutely. But it's not; it's corrupted. It is corrupted. And <laughs> and and I, the the good thing about that is that God put a scripture there. Yeah. And He said, "When mother and father forsake you, <laughs> He said, then will I bear you up." Yeah. And I studied that scripture and I said, well, mother, and it, it was a, a, a definite command. It, it spoke to the finality of this thing. He said, when he didn't say if he said, when mother and father forsake you, then will I bear you up? And he let us know that even that very natural connection, there was no love. Because of the reality of it, when we love things, According to sight, because honestly, because that child is theirs and came from them, it is not hard to have a love for, for it. But we realize that it is loved by sight and not faith when that thing no longer resembles <laughs> the thing that we expect out of it to see. We throw that thing to the side. The same way when that woman, know, you said you believe in love, love at first sight, but when she doesn't match the first sight. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. When we on the fifth sight, the hundredth sight, the thousandth yeah. sight, and she no longer resembles the first sight, your love wanes. The love yeah. of many waxes cold. cold. And that God is, I mean, he refuses to play second fiddle to anybody. To nobody. Whether it be your child, whether it be... And the crazy thing about this is that God even has to play second fiddle to those that are gone. Those that have been removed from this realm. Mm -hmm. He said, I got people that still are holding in their heart. Love for uh, people who no longer even exist. Even exist. No longer even exist in this realm. In this realm. But, but find it hard. You believe that their spirit exists. You believe that their presence exists. But can't believe in the presence of God to help you in your bondage to a love that no longer exists. Exist. Now, the thing that, that, that really got me with that is the reason why God gives us. He said, he tells us, he said, Blessed, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Amen. You only can mourn something that was loved in the capacity that God has given. This is so powerful 
because we keep talking about love by sight. Yeah. And the minute a person is gone from our sight, we're hurt. And that love is gone. And that love is fractured. Mm -hmm. They say it. My heart is broken. Why is your heart broken? Because you had a love that was according to only sight. Sight. Never according to faith. And didn't even, you know, the emptiness of this whole thing is that you never got to a place of loving in the spirit. Amen. So you didn't even know the person. Here's the powerful thing. Jesus sounds insensitive now when he looks at Mary and tells her not to weep. Yeah. And tells tell Martha not to mourn. Mourn. Tell her not to mourn. Because, why? Because he's not what you see. Yes. He's not according to what you see. They even thought he was a lost cause because they were going by what, what they, they smelled. Smelled and seen. Be all in that reality. <laughs> it's just a, it's it's unfortunate because when we look at it this way. We're loving, but we're loving according to something outside of God. And that's the root of evil. That's why grief comes. Yes. That's why depression comes. It's a separation from God. Amen. When when a a person is mourning and not unto not unto God, but mourning to the point where they are, I don't understand why my my person was taken away. And I don't know why God would do this to me. Yeah. And they begin to accuse God. They begin to move. And it's a separation between that person and God. That person may have been in a relationship with God, but they had always had that relationship tainted because there was another person in it. And there's that troubling thing again. We have an ability to love and we find ourselves loving things and people, and as the scripture said, in the last days, men and women will be lovers of themselves. And you realize that in those moments when they're supposedly grieving, yeah, there's a person who is loving themselves. themselves. More than anything else. More than anything else. We didn't sing, we didn't have people close to us, past. Yeah. And the most saddening thing that I see in their death and in their absence is people who don't think about them outside of themselves. Yep. You, they, you, you, you hear them talk for a second about the person, but then all of a sudden it shifts to how they feel. And he, you know, he, without him, it, things ain't been right. Without her, things haven't been right. But what about her? Or what about him? Where are they at right now? What does that matter? I, I don't have her here to encourage me no more. I don't have her here to lift me up no more. It's, it's, it's dangerous that we love, but we think we loving, but we don't even know who we loving. We're yeah. lying. We're saying we loving people, but we're loving using ourself? people to love ourselves. Self. I love you because I love what you do to the person I love, which is me. me. That's it. I love how you make the person I love feel. And to be honest with you, this is because we were created in the image of God. And everything around God is for him. (laughs) He said that in Exodus. (laughs) He he said, said, he said, I made a people, a godly people 
He said, I made them unto myself. Yeah. He made them purely. It, it, see, everything that we are trying to experience is a problem because we're trying to experience something that is reserved for God. Yes. Yeah. And, and men, you see it in men a lot. It's the same they way get Lucifer upset. did. Absolutely. We're doing, we repeat the same thing. All of a sudden, we strutting our stuff around, making our own, calling our own shots, and say, I love, come to me, I love you. He said it. He said, <laughs> you are of your father, Satan. Yeah. And the love of the father is not in, is you. Not in you. Why? Because you can't love God and love yourself. There you go. See, the two don't, just doesn't, it just won't agree. There don't, is no agreement there. Don't think it coincidence. Lucifer was dressed and arrayed in a fine, beautiful, extravagant way. Yeah. And think he didn't catch a glimpse of himself and fall too in love with the image. Yes. Yeah. Because he was stripped of the image when he <laughs> was thrown. Because God knew. And, and we got to be careful. Yeah. Because that's what they're being on the potter's wheel is all about. He loves to strip. <laughs> so that thing that you propped up and you shined up and that you put your set your affections on. And we love to be the object of people affection. Yeah, I have a problem. I'm telling you guys, you think that God is pleased. He's not pleased when you are eager for someone to, to look at you in a way they should look at God. Yeah. You have to be it's careful. A, it's a heavy weight. Why would you want it anyway? Why would you want that? You know, it's not only a heavy weight, but you have to remember, even as, you know, when I, I think my greatest lessons are, are were taught by my children when they were small. <coughs> and that, that love thing is what constantly kept me beseeching God. Constantly kept me... In his face. Yeah. Because I not only wanted to know that I was pleasing God, but I wanted to know how was his love supposed to look in me and through me? Yeah. And how were my children supposed to know that it was God and not me? And because I inquired, God would show me. I remember Looking at one of my children, they were so upset. Say you, I don't. I feel like you love everybody the same. That's wrong. Uh, we're your kids. We should be different. You should have the same love for nobody but us. Yeah. And she was in her teens. And I said, well, God, I guess that's what love looked like. Yeah. And love caused her to be very upset. And she carried it into a part of her adulthood. This was her thing against me. Yeah. She said, all these people, all these people I had to share yeah. with my mother, with all these people. And she loved them just like she loved us. Yeah. I would see you. I would hear you. You take time with them. You love them. And it was an anger, but it took years. But she said, that's the love of God. 
See, the, the, I think that this takes us to something that I want to share, and I'll be sharing in the Bible study. If y'all in the Maryland area, y'all should in Suitland area, Tuesday, 7 p.m., we have Bible study. It's dynamic. Life-changing faith, Christian church. Come. Uh, it doesn't matter. This don't have to be time-stamped. It's every Tuesday, so it doesn't matter when you listen to this. Tuesday, life-changing faith, Suitland, Google it. You can wear whatever. You can wear whatever. Just come, come in there. But we're talking about love right now. And one of the things we're going to be touching on is the imbalance of love. Yeah. And the fact that the reason why you loved everyone the same is because in the scale of love, it's God and then it's them. You know what I mean? Yeah. For people, the these scales are all over the place because it's some people over here, it's some people over here. For the believer, it's God, and then it's them, yeah. and the, there is an imbalance to love. Yeah, there's not an equalness there. Mm-mm. People keep telling me, Ma, they keep saying I'm trying to find balance in my life. There is, no. and I realize there's a talk of balance when the scales don't tip in their favor. Yes, when the scales tip in God's favor, people start saying, "I need to." Balance out my life. I, I think there's a little too much God. Because, but they never say it's a little too much of anything they love. You never see a woman yes. stop and say, I'm probably spending too much time with that man. But see, the, the thing that got me, because when I start hearing that word, and it started coming into play maybe 20 years ago, because people wanted to take control, and this is self-help, and Modernization. Yeah. yeah. And I asked God, I said, and he said, I hate an unjust scale. Mm-hmm. And I said, what does that mean? Talking about calibration. Yes. To see, the scale has to be calibrated. By God. By God. <laughs> so that he says when it is actually properly balanced. Balance. But we're going to look at it in our fleshly eyes and says, this ain't balanced. And he said, every scale. It's not his is unjust. It's unjust. And he said, trying, I hate it. It's an abomination. It's like what he said, my he it says in the scripture, a day is like a thousand. Yes. What is he telling you? He, he said, said you don't got to you don't have you, you don't have the weights for this. You don't have your your matters aren't even weighty. You don't even have the scale yeah. that can fit this. Look, look, here, let's talk about some more weight. He said, lay aside of the weight that so easily beset besetting. you. The things that are besetting us, we feel are light yes. because we aren't calibrated to his scale. And we got our own. We don't even know what the heavy weight is. He said, you done hewed out. Scales of your own. People say they depressed and don't even know what the heaviness is they feel. <laughs> you not depressed. Mm-mm. People say they suicidal. You didn't told so many people you suicidal. Nobody believe you could kill yourself because you ain't really going to kill yourself. At least not that way. Yes, it's true. But the problem is, is that you don't even know what's heavy because your scale's not calibrated. When he says, take my yoke upon me. Yeah. <laughs> and learn, learn of, me. of me. For my burden is easy and my yoke is what? Light. He's saying, my burden is light. Why is it light? Well, it's not light to you. But you when do. you put it on you and you, in your mind of flesh that's not calibrated yeah. to his purpose and his will, it's going to feel heavy. Yes. That's why you see so many sad Christians. They then took on this light yoke and then they saying, I don't know why. So he said it was light. This thing, this thing weighs a ton. Eeyore. 
<laughs> this thing weighs a ton. How can I live single? Why would God not give me a man? I'm so heavy laden. You're heavy laden with the yoke because you didn't calibrate yourself yes. to that weight. And then when he says silly women laden with yes. sin, they don't feel, they feel light as a feather. Like people don't know I'm a big guy, but people always tell me I'm light on my feet. Mm -hmm. I've adjusted. My, the doctor said, he said, you wear your weight well. That's people. Mm -hmm. We are laden with sin. Yes. Obese with sin, but we light on our feet. I mean, yes. we twinkle toes. We're because we're not calibrated. We're not. We to the just scale. To the just scale. We're we're not in the business of creating scales. We got to get out the business. We're not like the 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 un, unjust produce manager that puts his finger on the scale to make make it seem like so you can pay more money. Yeah. We're, we don't. We're not in the the scale business. We, we don't have a scale. And when we make it, it is unjust. Yes, it's like the the circus mayor. You stand in front of it, you say, I look skinny. They're like, mm-mm. Somebody <laughs> fiddled with that mirror. <laughs> you're, come, seeing, come. you're seeing the wrong image, baby. So you need the mirror they put in the dressing room. Because that mirror in the dressing room will have you hang those promises, clothes right back up. He promises as you approach him, the closer that you get to God. You will behold your true self. self. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who looks upon himself and turns away and forgets what he saw. But you're going to get to see you. That's one thing about it. You're not going to approach God and not get to see who you are. Amen. The problem is, what do you do with what you see? Yeah. When you've been so used to loving it. You've been so used to setting your affection on what is seen. What do you do when what you see doesn't look good? This is how sad it is. I'm pretty sure that Delilah thought she loved Samson. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that she was clueless as to why him telling her his weakness actually destroyed him. And you know what? Yeah. I had to come to the conclusion <laughs> that God fashioned Delilah. Yeah. For Samson. And that's where we have to recognize the character of God. Because he warned, you can't love He warned him. He because warned him. Here's the thing. He loved Samson enough to fashion him in an awesome way. Yeah. But Samson didn't love God enough to fashion his heart. Yes. Towards God. But he gave him opportunity. He gave him opportunity. Gave him opportunity. Gave the same thing he told to Solomon. Look how much wisdom I gave you. Yeah. I had to realize that I knew a lot of word. I gave my life at 19. Yeah. I was a minister at 23. I just was speaking this to somebody. I had tons of mm. wisdom. I eat upon the word. He said, but God realized, he said, but your heart is far from me. It's, it's dripping. The, the wisdom drips like honey. He told Solomon. From the second, from the second, <laughs> I, I see it. And I'm saying, Okay, so you got wise. All this wisdom is in your yeah. mouth. You see it even with David and Solomon. Yeah. The next step, the next generation, more powerful. Even God even told David, he said, yeah. 
I don't want you to build my. <laughs> he said, go, go, go. He, he said, you need to bow out gracefully. Your son's going to build me a temple. I want to I want to use him. Clean hands, clean hands. He said, the, the generations get greater and greater. But he said, with all that wisdom, he had a desire. He had, God asked him, he said, you, what you want? He said, I want wisdom. But when he told him, stay away from those women, he didn't keep that same energy. No. His desire shifted. He didn't, he didn't use any of that wisdom. None. Because when desire comes in the picture, yes. wisdom goes, goes out the out door. The door. I tell you, it's a dual X. Yeah. I'm realizing it now. I'm like, so many people did I hear just handling the word. I mean, just doing tricks yeah. with the word. But when desire comes in the picture, they just throw it right out the door. Wisdom go out the door. But see, that's where he said my gifts and callings are without repentance. Without repentance. Because and and it he allows that gift to stay there. So that hopefully the person might see yeah, and turn their heart towards the giver of all. Yeah. You know, at any time. But I said, you know what? God knows when he's had enough. Yeah. And when he's reached enough, you may desire to turn, but can't. And this this is the thing, Ma. You have a situation where people hear you talking like this and they say, so all I'm supposed to do is love God. So I'm supposed to just be single all my life? No. Like I said, every engagement, every, every part of living, moving, and having your being should be done with the love of God. God. And it, look, it makes things look different. Makes them look different. It's not that God's saying, okay, because he, he established he he just doesn't want that corrupt thing, that curse thing. He's he said, Yes, I cursed it, but I sent the cure for the curse. Yeah. You know, and now he wants us to take the cure and live out. So let's go, let's go back to that scripture. Cause I think it it unveils a truth for me. He said, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. So we have <coughs> we have this truth that even Jesus acknowledges. Jesus acknowledges there is a reality on earth, and that's money. Let's take money out. Jesus acknowledges there's a reality on earth, and that's women and men and relationships and sex. Why? Because he created this just like he created money and the government and the economy. All these things ain't held together by people. We're not that organized. We're not that unified. We're not that unionized. We're not that intelligent. We're not none of that. All of these things, these systems are God. And so he says, this system of money is fine. But to love a system instead of the creator is poison. To love the system of sex is a system. It's a system. It is a system, folks. Yes, it is. Please, they keep trying to make it like it's something more powerful. It's not. There's even books called The Power of Sex. It's it's not. It's not. not. It feels intense, but don't mistake intensity for power. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. It's it's one of those things that was cursed. Don't mistake passion for power. There you go. Don't. Don't. People are hold their marriages are held together by passion, and your marriage oh, was be well. held together by the power of God. Well, 
That's why the divorce rate is so high. Absolutely. I, I said one time in, in Bible study, I said, y'all want fireworks in your marriage, but you won't let the fire work in your marriage. That's the truth. That's the truth. You just want pew, 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 pop, pop. But one thing I can say is this. If you are a believer and if you are walking in a relationship with God mm-hmm. and you sh- you get married outside of that, the intent of God's love, outside of that intent of loving yeah. through God. It's not a lost cause. It's not a lost cause. It's just a matter of redirection. It's, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a matter of God chopping away because you have now, you ask God, yeah. you say, oh, God, I'm here is me and hubby or me and wife, and we yeah. want to serve you. And he say, oh, that's good. <laughs> but what you have is not what I sent my son for. Absolutely. He's always going to, he has to remove the hold of passion to take people oh, to the power yes. of his spirit. Of his spirit. The power that held Jesus on that cross. Amen. It's the same thing. I say, what in the world? What People want a marriage held together, but they don't want it to held together by what held Jesus on the cross. See, because this is what people want to do. When they say they want to hold something together, they don't want nobody to do it. They want to hold themselves. Yeah. They tell you, they say, I'm just keeping it together. No, the problem is, is that you're not supposed to keep it together. You're supposed to be kept. Yes. And let God do that. The problem is, is that your marriage don't get closer just because y'all hug tighter. No. Your marriage don't get closer just because y'all inside each other. Nope. Your marriage get closer when y'all get inside God. It's people sitting in marriage counseling, ma. Being counseled on marriage when the way that you have a marriage is by being counseled by God. It's a waste of time. And it's again, man trying to elevate himself to a place that he does not belong. Because one thing man is able to do is they do know they cannot manipulate the power of God, but they do know how to manipulate passion. Yes, they do. And so you sit in these rooms and you sit with one another and you find ways to work up passions. Yes. But you never, never tap into power. So much so that the magician went to Paul and he said, how much that power costs? (laughs) Because I'm playing with people's passions and it's fun because hypnotism is the power of suggestion. Yes. I'm playing with people's passions. Dancing in their mind. I'm dancing in their mind. I'm playing with thoughts. Mm-hmm. Fortune teller, Sylvia Brown, before she died, she was famous for it. She could tell where people's hearts were and she would manipulate yeah. their hearts with facts. And then they would be so enamored and yes. suggestible yes. because of where their hearts were. Yeah. The reality is we play in passions when we're supposed to be walking in power. That's right. That's the truth. That's the truth. We need to do definitely. The church has to be shaken on every level because the very relationship, the way that we look at relationships, the way that we look at our even our sexuality, yeah. it is so corrupt because it is taken on the world system. It's taken on. A unge- we want the blood of Christ to regenerate us. 
He said no longer because we said sex is a system created by God. Everything yeah. in this world was created by God. Yes. Then he comes and Paul says, he said, you have been removed from the elements of this, this world. world. You no longer live according to, to the course. Yes. He uses that word. He says the course or, of, the walk. or the walk of this world. So I no longer live or have love of the system of sex. I no longer yes. live or have love of the system of dating and romance and interpersonal play and flirtation and desire. All these elements of the world that it's, God created. It's, it's, I can't love them. I can't seek them. I can't move and, and have my being according to them. Right. It's, it's the it's, root of all evil. It's so, it's so much. I have heard. I've heard testimonies mm -hmm. that have shaken it and got my attention, half listening, and then I hear, and I'll turn it up and listen. But there are people that God has ordained yeah. to be together. You know, they're they're working in a mission, or they're they're here, and their paths cross each other, and then God shows them. It's just like God desires. That's how. That's the part he desires yeah. to play in man's life. He desires to say, "This is boom. Yeah, this is this is what I have." Because because right now there's a guy who's saying, "You know, I, I really love this woman," or there's a woman who say, "I really love this man, and I want to be pleasing to God." Well, you would have to to usurp. That, that intense love you feel for that person, you would have to direct that to God. Yes. And in the midst of directing that to God, then he can direct you to who to love according to how he designed it, but not that's how he wants. So yeah. that when you do it, it's according to him and not the system. That's right. I got, I got so, um, I can say that I've gotten um, frustrated by... Um, the, the I'll say the passion that will put an individual in a position that will change their whole life. Yeah, and um, as being on the outside of that, because I I was married when I when when the Lord saved me, I was married. I yeah. was I was ten years in it. Mm -hmm. So when the Lord saved me, I was, it, He had to tear up the foundation. And redirect my very affection. And it wasn't hard to do because I found him to have no fault. Yeah. And that just overwhelmed me. And, that but he the, loved me. The reality of that is, is that I started to learn that the, I was never going to set my affections to things above until he messed with the things below. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Once he set the things below ablaze, yeah, I start looking up to yeah. the hills from which comes my help. help. That's right. And he said, "Oh, now you love me. Now you love me. Now you want me. Now you want me." And that's that's the thing. That's the thing. As long as they're on the outside desiring this thing, this is why Paul said it's hard to break. He said, I, "It's better you marry." He said, "Hurry up, hurry up and marry. Get the job done so we can get you a fire." Because to God. he knows that marriage outside of God <laughs> extinguishes fires. Yes, 
those things that are kindled. <laughs> those things that are kindled outside yeah. of the power of As B.B. King said, the thrill is gone. Oh, yeah, it's gone. It's it, a tale as old as time. We just seen it. It's totally gone. And the good thing about it is, you know, because I, I asked God, I said, in several cases, I said, show them yeah. everything about the person they desire. And God, faithful, he showed them everything. And I people mean, say it, by The good, the bad, and the ugly. But this is why it's love by sight. Because the minute you see everything, you no longer have love for that something. Yeah. But it looks. Because it's love by sight. But it's narrowed and yeah. distorted and blurred by passion. By passion. Once you get that focus right yeah, and you see the whole picture, the whole person, not the funny man, but the fussy man, not the pretty girl. All the stuff, all <laughs> the stuff that's hidden. All the stuff that's hidden. I don't care how long the one person said to me, but that's why I, I, I make it a business to live with somebody. I say, oh, yeah. All you doing is sending it, sending all of the stuff to the lower level. That's all. It's just gonna dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. That's all, so that you don't see it. It'll control it a little bit longer, so that it won't bring pique your interest until you make that commitment. Because you set it's it's the person that's actually setting this thing. Yeah. In place because they say it. They say, oh, well, I live with him for a little while, and then you watch him, or I date. I know what I'm doing. I'm dating this guy, and we're talking, and, and we decided we're going to do this first. Yeah. And we're going to do that. Like, as if we actually <coughs> have power over ourselves. That's what I mean by trying to keep yourself instead of being kept. And you got to be given, you know what? You got to be given in marriage. You got to be given in marriage. And it's not. We your got daddy. it. We got it Not half right. Daddy, exactly. Daddy. We got it half right. They going to their fathers asking for the hand in marriage. No, sir, you do not need to go to her father. You need to go to her heavenly father. Look, look, it happens to be your father. What what's your daddy say? He said, Hey, <laughs> if you know what I know, you be coming to me asking me. Asking me how much to, I'ma pay. To unhand her. He said, he said, if you're willing to take her. Because you should be asking me how much will I pay. Yeah. That's the interesting thing to even going back to Laban and Rachel and Leah. Yeah. Is this man loves Rachel, but we soon see and God exposes how he loved her. He, he say, I love Rachel and don't tell, you know, her womb is closed up. Now I don't love her that much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Leah, whose womb was closed, God opened hers. Yeah. And now I kind of love her because she's giving me all these awesome sons. Yeah. And even how she names the sons. Like she she really is excited about these sons and these are special to me. And the other woman is like, what am I, chop living now? Yes, you are. Because you're not producing. Because you're not producing. And this is the, the thing that happens to people. Yeah. And this is the scary part of dating yeah. and all of this courtship that people are doing because it's not really courtship. It's really acting. Is they're producing roles for each other. And as long as they continue to keep producing what the person wants, there's a love there. But they're going to fall out of love just like Jacob did for yeah. Rachel. Yeah. God wanted to show them. He said, this ain't real love. You try to, you know, I think inf information is power. 
And preaching the gospel is even more power. Absolutely. Because I think if we can keep it in the ear and people can start self-examining. Challenging them with real questions. With real questions. I know you know how to love. I yes. know you, you I seen you. I seen the way you love your grandmama. Yeah. I seen the way you love your mama. I seen the way you love that man. But tell me this. You love that man so much. Where is he at? Yeah. Where is he at? And and I guarantee as as we so easily do it, when we set our affection, we also set the level that we're willing to go to. Absolutely. So our love has boundaries. We set them early on. Because the so love, you say, I love you <laughs> as long as. Because the love of anything other than God waxes cold. cold. And it's it truth. can't keep a and heat. I, I don't understand why people don't. It's like challenging God. You want to know he what? Already Let me spoken. tell you this, Ma. It's, it's like the microwave. That microwave will heat something up so fast, but it get cold so quick. Yeah. You put something in the oven, it take longer. But it absorbs that heat. But when that thing come out, you sitting waiting for it to cool off for a long time. Yeah. You can tell when something was cooked in the microwave at a restaurant. Yes. You get there and you're like, this thing is so hot. It'll burn you. It's hot to touch. Yes. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, it's cold as ice. Mm -hmm. And rubbery. How can something dissipate <laughs> like that? How can something so intense? I, I said in a song, I was talking about. Because it's not uh, real. I was talking about the heart and how something so small can create such big problems in our lives and how something that's so hot can turn so cold. Yeah. How, how can it be like that? It's because the heart, not attached to God, does not possess power. It possesses passion. Yes. And passion waxes cold. cold. Passion yes. is a microwave. Yes. It's intense. It's wicked and deceptively evil. And Who can know it? I don't know whether it's hot or cold, and I don't know which one I'm going to get at any given moment. The crazy thing about it is, because while we're using the microwave and it just popped in my head, is that a lot of parents were warming their baby bottle <laughs> in the microwave, and they started putting it on television. And because I was in daycare, the yeah. time, they said, don't do this. It's hot spots. Because it's hot spots. In the midst of the cold Oof. liquid, it's hot spots. And sure <laughs> enough, I, yeah, 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 it's too good. <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> and sure enough, I, I had the bottle, and I'm shaking it, and it's cool on the wrist. And I said, this bottle is cool, but I remembered. I said, let me take this thing, open this thing up. Sure enough, inside the liquid, in the bottle, I'm pouring it into the. You can feel, you can see the smoke. How how that happens, I don't know. Yeah. But I say, God, you use this to show us that we're this we're being deceived. Yeah. And I say, Lord, the, this is something. Mama, I'm gonna tell you, the only hot spots in some of these relationships is the erogenous zones. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> There's no, there ain't no intensity gotta, out of anywhere you, but the bedroom. You got to remember the only thing that separates us from the animals is that we could we we were made in the image of God. Sex was not meant to be on that level. 
Absolutely. On that base level. That's the base level. Just like some of us are only having the base level of salvation. Yeah. We're only having the base level of sex. It's a utilitarian it's purpose. A to- it's the toilet. In the per- it's every person. I get concerned because people say sex is more than. No, it's not. No, it's not. This will help y'all too We gave you some Mind blowing stuff Number one You have the ability To love Number two Sex is not making love And number three It's not more than A utilitarian purpose It is not Nothing more than A means Yes What is it a means to? The Bible told us To bear fruit multiply How did you Turn something that was utilitarian to something that is worshipped, to something that is desired and chased, and decisions are made off of this thing. It would be like buying a house because the bathrooms are nice. You know, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Because, and then we get so so surprised that it's perverted. Yeah. That the person is is looking at other people on, on the screen or desiring, have... Have desires for other people after a little while. Yeah, we we don't understand that this is the base element. It's just the same way that one one lion goes from one lioness to the other lioness. Yeah. because all he's concerned about is is the sexual act. Yeah, as well as now see the lioness. She does what a lot of the, the young women do nowadays. I ain't gonna say I would do it, but she ta- she actually goes out and does all of the killing of the the, the food. And she everything. drags it back to the lion. She does all of the work in the place and because he gives what he's supposed to, which he is gives, he gives them children and children. Children. This is it. This is this is the other thing. Animals don't uh, have sex for pleasure. The sex they have many for many animals, the sex they have is pleasurable. Procreation. It is for procreation, but it is pleasurable. But they never engage just for that pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. This is the tricky thing people yeah, are having. Because they have to be in here. Why did he make it feel good then if it's just for? Because God was nice like that. I don't know. It, but it just was, because something's pleasurable doesn't mean that we pursue it purely for. Pleasure. That's how that's how Jacob was able to get mm. messed up by the savory mm. meat. Because see the Isaac, Isaac. Isaac yeah. was able to get messed up with the savory meat because the savory meat was pleasurable to him. And so this has helped me. Yeah. Because I got you know, you put a whole plate of food before me, and if all everything on the plate yeah. is savory, yeah. I would eat the whole plate. But now I'm looking at it and saying, Lord, I just need to eat tall. That's them hot spots. There's, yeah. There's some, there's some things I like about marriage, and there's some things I don't. Yeah. And the things I like, I want those things to happen more often. Yeah. <laughs> and the things I don't, I want them to happen not so much. So you have people that say, not right now, I don't want to talk about it. Not right now, I don't want to talk about it. Not right now, I don't want to talk about it. When we having sex. Yeah, like it's actually, it's actually a part of the relationship, and it's not. It's not. In fact, the smartest thing when a marriage is in trouble is to take that out the equation and to put 
God in the equation. Let that rest. And in fact, we can go to the scripture because he talks about fasting in a way. Oh, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> because, because in order to have something broken in this relationship. In order to quench a fire. You got to. One it. must either extinguish it or be consumed by it. You got to. No fire exists in water or ash. Yes. You will either put water to it yeah, or you will see it die because it's nothing left but ash. There you go. You either will be consumed by it. And when we see the fire die down, it's only because it's nothing left to burn. There you go. Or we will see the fire go out because you extinguished it. Yes. One way that fire is still going to wax cold. But where you'll be when it is, is up to you. Yeah. It's up to you. You can make it an offering. <laughs> and that's and God enjoys that. You can make it an offering. And that's for two people in a marriage. Yeah. They can make it an offering. They can say, I don't want to live on the base level. I want God. And, and once again, we're not telling people to be asexual. We're not telling you that sex isn't a part of marriage. What I'm telling you is the same way money's a part of marriage, finances is a part of marriage. But when finances take a place above God, there's nothing but evil in that marriage. They said that's the number one reason for divorce. But I see the number one reason for divorce is anything is placed above God in a marriage. The same way money has to have its proper place, sex should have its proper place. 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 I'm not telling you that sex is just for having babies. That's a very Catholicism way of looking at it. What I'm telling you is, is that when you operate based on your pleasures. That's all pleasures. Any pleasure. When you operate according to that, when you live, move and have your being according to pleasure, you are in the root of all evil. And that's not the love that God has called us to. That's truly not the love. He it's not. Us to. And it and we shouldn't be satisfied with the invitation. No. Not when we can live in the love. We of shouldn't God. be satisfied with using people as a means of pleasure and being used as a means of pleasure. Yes. I run into so many women who are interested in being my pleasure. Yeah. In some way. It's yeah. not always sexual. Sometimes it, well, I, I got to say it always is sexual, but it's not always physical. Yes. But it's always to a pleasure. Yeah. There are many erogenous zones and the main one is the mind. <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes people are just reaching out to be massaged in their mind. That's because there's a part in a woman and a man. That is reserved for God That they quickly give over to someone else Absolutely A woman is shopping for security Whether a man understands it or not She's always shopping for security People don't realize dating is a mixture of prostitution and LinkedIn Yes, it is You're, You're not just looking for someone to pleasure you But you're trying to make sure that they're also qualified for other positions <laughs> you want them to be able to fulfill every position in the Karma Sutra and every position that you have in your household. Can he cook? Can he clean? Does he have a job? What's his 401k? What's his credit score like? Just something started popping off. Hey. Because not recognizing 
that if this person has set their affection mm-hmm. on any of those things, it's going to be corrupted. It's the root of all evil. You have to remember that lust is never satisfied. Love always is. Yeah, we talked about that on the end of the Bible study. And when I listened back to it, I said, man, we cooking with gas. Yeah. We talked about the fact that Paul said we are, we, he was poured out as a drink offering. Yes. And we understand that we are supposed to be used in that way, but we don't get to say who gets a sip. There you go. Because when we have a say, we let people get more than a sip. These the jokers getting gulps. The good part about it is, it's a, it's a good part to this. Mm-hmm. When we allow God to have his rightful place. To tip us and pour us out in his proper way. You know, he's a jealous God. Yeah. And when you find yourself in that place of pleasing him. And you're in that up under the shadow of that wing. See, this is the good part. Yeah. Because can't nobody love you like that. That he won't allow certain things. He was like, no, this is my beloved. (laughs) This is my beloved. Yeah. This is my beloved. This is the place that God intended for us to occupy and to be the apple of his eye. He talked, you know, I I read that scripture and I said, oh, God, the apple. And I said, how can everybody be the apple of your eye, God? There's so many people out there that probably will do a better job of serving you than me. How can I know where I'm going to fit in as the apple of the eye? Because his sight is beyond ours. And not only that, (laughs) he told me, he said, don't concern yourself because I have many eyes. Yeah. He said, I am that I am. I can only imagine. Because guess who else had many eyes? Lucifer had many eyes when that description of him. So we can only imagine. Imagine what God has. And so I I, I just would encourage people. Yeah. Don't be satisfied. Don't be satisfied. With satisfaction. With with satisfaction. (laughs) That's it right there. and, And living in this world. And touching just the base of everything and not experiencing all that God has for you because he is the giver of love. He is love. His very essence is love. And because his very essence is love, he's taken it personal that we've corrupted this word. We've made it of non-effect in this, in this realm. We've made it ever since the savory meat down to the horrible, filthy things that we attach to it. We've made it. We corrupted yeah. it. And he said, God is love. That's like saying that's, you know, love. God is. Yeah. That's it. That's all he is. That's the sum total of what he is. And yet we have corrupted yeah. and have attached this love. To everything. Just because, of, just because of the attachment. The very thing is pure, but because we have attached this pure thing to something less than God, we've, we've defiled it. That's we've right. defiled it. That's right. But there is hope. Yes, there is. He says, set your affections on things above. And he don't even put a, a word before that word set. Yeah. He said, all you got to do is set. 
Because you have it. You have it already. He didn't say learn how to do it and then set. Take some love classes. Yeah. He didn't say none of that. Pay somebody to teach you how to do it. He said, no, set your affection on me. It's the same love. The word love is the same one as in John 3.16. Set it and forget it. Yeah. (laughs) Set it. If you set it on things above, everything below is better. Oh, oh, better than better. Gooder than gooder. Yeah. (laughs) It is... It is the part that God, he wants us to be able to see. And he gave us the prayer to pray, but he wants us to live that thing out. He said that it will be in earth as it is in heaven. Look, look at that. Look at that. He, what's the scripture? He said, love, joy, and peace. That's the kingdom of that's God. That's the kingdom of God. Think of those things. If that's the kingdom of God, to set it on anything but his kingdom is to defile it. That's right. If I put my joy in anything else, the scriptures to go with it. Yes. If I put my peace in anything else, the scriptures to go with it. Yes. If I put my love in anything else, it's love and scriptures to go with it. Human beings don't deserve a place in God's kingdom. He said, love, joy, and peace. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. You don't give people a place in God's kingdom. You don't give him people a right to his throne. I wrote a song a long time ago. I said, take your place. Take your place, O Lord, at the seat of my heart. Your throne is the seat of my affections. And my mind is the place that you dwell. And as a living sacrifice, I bow. O to you, my king, the Lord of my life. That's his place. And then the song just ends. I just keep saying, reign. Reign, King reign in my life. He can't reign if I don't give him the throne, which is the seed of my affections, my mind. Yes. No woman can put, I can't put a woman there. She's better for not being there because it's a position she can't fulfill. I thank God. She's underqualified. That's right. I have no expectation. She can't keep me. That's right. She can't keep me. She can't give me peace. There you go. She can't bring me joy. There you go. She can't bring me understanding. She can't provide me wisdom. She can't do none of that. But we can stand in awe of God together. Together. We can. She don't have to worry about being used like a Pez dispenser. We can stand in awe. I had a long day. Can you pop a few Pez in my mouth? I just got a sweet tooth. Yes. No, she's not here to be used to make my day better. No different than five guys. It's not meant for my day to be better. I sometimes have a bad day and I'm like, a five guys burger is just going cure it all. Five guys, five women. Ain't none of it supposed to satisfy no. me. It's supposed to be God. There you go. Only he can fulfill that role. That's it. That's it. He said, love is thou more than these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did talk about it, and then we took a place. But then he goes back and asked him, "Do you love me?" Yes. And he said, "Yes." He said, he "Well." Start getting indignant. Yeah. Because he said, "Jesus asked him a third time." He said, "Well, feed my, my sheep. sheep." He said, "Get on the job for the purpose that you have been didn't he, created." Didn't even say love him. That's what God told me. He <laughs> said, "Start look." He said, "Start getting, start." Causing people to get in a hurry for the purpose I created. Them. Yeah, that's the greatest love that we can take. Go back and say you created me the, for what purpose? The only thing people need 
it, it, the people in my life need is the love of God. There you go. I want God to love them. And God says, guess what? Guess who I'm going to use to love them? You. That's right. And I'm like, great. Because I, I want them to know your love. I don't want them to know my love no more. It's too flawed. Yeah. I've brought more. It, it, this, and it the, has boundaries. This is the way I realized it, Ma. When we put our flesh in things that wasn't supposed to be touched by flesh, people are like snowflakes. They stay what they are until I touch it, and then they become water. Mm-hmm. And some people might say it's still a snowflake. No, no it's snow is not. It it's was water. intricately made. It was beautiful. And all of a sudden, I turned it into something less than what it was. It has the same form, but it is not the same function. I've destroyed their function. Yeah. Why? Because I touched it. I don't, I don't need to touch people. I don't. No. no. I don't need to touch people. Husbands, you don't need to touch your wife. Not where, not <laughs> where God sits. You have to touch her according to his will. Yes. According to his word. That's why I was sharing with people. I said, what's a marriage license? When the government can't give you license on who to touch and who not. That comes from God. Well, it's called manipulation. People marry people, and God didn't even give them license to touch them. It's called it's called manipulation. It, people manipulate other people. We are we allow the government to govern and love. We deem who's weaker. Absolutely. And we decide to make them for ourselves. For ourselves, and we let the government govern our love. And first, it looked like that men were the greatest users, and then as time went on. It, Looks like women were the greatest. And then we, and then we realize they're both. They're both because we're lovers of self. Of self. So they just manipulate just to to self satisfy. I'm gonna tell you, ma. We're gonna close out with this. I my back was itching, and I grabbed something. I'm not gonna say what it was, but I grabbed it and I start scratching, scratching, scratching. And then I got done and I looked at the thing I grabbed and I said, I just broke this thing. And it was expensive. And I broke it trying to scratch my back. And I did not care. I heard it cracking in my hand. But I did not care because I was trying. That's how people are. Yeah. We crush people under the weight of our passion. Yeah. That's not love. That's not love at all. It's not love. It's not. We got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. We got to go back to, to the one that is love and stop being manipulated. Stop being calibrated. Yeah. By that which is not love. It's the imitation. It's the imitation. Not because the love is wrong, but because we have imitated the act of love to the wrong thing. To the wrong thing. Man. Episode 88 talking about love i think we're gonna call this love by faith and not by sight amen i like that i love it too thanks mom i know you you had a long day but i i appreciate you we we this was good this is good it was good it was good talk real church matters i'm forrest i'm mom (laughs) eminem minister mom and uh this is real church matters we out